0: This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william branhamorg Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message.
1: The other night I watched a video from Otis Stone a pastor in South Carolina entitled, Our God. And if any are interested in watching it, I highly recommend watching what this pastor has to say. I was really blessed last night to listen to a man who is not afraid to preach the word. My heart goes out to any man in any church who will stand up for God and will take what the Bible says over anything that any man says. Who will teach others that, Christ came to save the lost, not to save the saved. I believe that Pastor Stone is still in the message of the hour, the denomination of faith that follows the teaching of William Marion Branham. And while I don't know what Pastor Stone believes, I don't know Pastor Stone, I do know that this sermon, Our God, lines up with what I read in my Bible. He's reading that same book that I'm reading, and that same Holy Spirit will correct all error and will lead to all truth. This sermon magnifies the gospel of Jesus Christ. Looking over the comments and the photographs in his church, it looks very different from other message churches. I don't see any pyramids hanging on the walls, no photos of mystery clouds or halos to uplift a man, or any other household idols, and I find scripture after scripture after scripture in his writing, all things taken back to the Word of God. One comment reading through really stood out to me, and I think more people that are still following William Branham should pay close attention to this one statement. He writes, friends, let us remember that William Branham was human, and humans do forget, make mistakes, and have opinions. Of course, when I say that, the Branhamites would jump on me and call me an unbeliever. I am not anti-Branham, I am pro-Branham, but not a Branhamite. The Branhamites hold to every word of the prophet. The majority of them believe that Brother Branham did not make mistakes and that his every word was thus saith the lord questions to the branhamites are usually never answered with the backing of scriptures because they don't have the answer they don't know the bible and they would either avoid the questions or they would almost say well now i'm not a prophet so i don't know but brother branham said this and they would refer to his sermons and quote his words verbatim Most of the Branhamite preachers themselves are unable to preach anything without first compiling a list of quotes from the spoken word books instead of the scriptures. When they have no answers for the questions put to them, they would take the opportunity to either scold you for questioning the prophet, as they put it, or justify themselves by saying, if the prophet didn't preach it, then it's not important. We do not need to know. Their cultic spirit and bad attitude have caused not only Christians, but also non-Christians alike, to brand everyone who believes the message of William Branham as Branhamites like them. One part of the sermon that I listened to described the uncomfortable situation that would happen in most message churches if a prostitute or a homosexual were to come in and sit down beside a member of the congregation. He hit the nail on the head. They would have quickly been escorted out of the building by the deacons. And this hit home with me. I can remember a day at my grandfather's house when a woman needed help and she was walking up to the front door. But she was wearing pants. I don't remember the exact comment, but she was not allowed in the house to speak with Grandpa, who was supposed to be a minister of the gospel. And I can remember similar events, some in homes, some in churches. I can vividly remember the discouraged look on faces as a new person sat down to listen to the sermon. And after having holes burnt through the back of her neck, she quickly decided to make her exit never to return, simply because she did not know the dress code. Congregations have become so accustomed to tradition that they forget that not everyone knows their extra rules and how could they know that a painted toenail would somehow make them the enemy when that's not even in the Bible and their modest pants that they specifically chose for the church service seemed modest to them how are they to know that some extra biblical rules were to be followed before even entering the door the problem is that so many today have forgotten the gospel of Jesus Christ. They forget that Christ sat down with sinners and loved them the same as we should do ourselves. He ate with tax collectors, people that were so despised by the Jews that they would not even go near them. I've asked several in these message churches that have been on our forums, what do you think the gospel of Jesus Christ is? One person even sat in my home when I asked the question, and had no clue whatsoever. The most common answer is that it is the power, or it is the Bible. Some will say, well, the gospel is those books in the Bible that have that title. Yet they don't know the summary of what is written in those books, because they've listened to sermon over and over and over that take this little verse as my context. The introduction to the Gospel of Jesus Christ is found in the Gospel according to John and has some profound statements. Statements that, as Christians, we should know and understand. In today's English, there are four paragraphs, each having a very important topic that brings you to the conclusion that Jesus Christ is the Son of the Living God. It reads like this the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Now there are churches that have forgotten this passage and it is highly important. In the beginning all we had was the Word of God. The Word was not just the absolute. The Word was everything. And many have overlooked that second sentence. He was in the beginning with god remember this is the gospel of jesus christ and this is the introduction to christ himself he was in the beginning with god and all things were made through christ christ was the creator next we have a messenger i'm continuing reading it says <clears throat> there was a man sent from god whose name was john He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. That all might believe through him, the light. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Even the messenger, the spirit of Elijah, the prophet in the man, was just that. He was a man. In other words, do not worship the man. Do not worship the God in the man, as they say it, that's just in that man. Worship the God that is the word. It continues. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. This paragraph, though it is mostly about us, is just as important. All who believed in his name, All who believed were given the right to become the children of God. All who believed. And this confirms the path to salvation that's given by the Apostle Paul. It's not by will of the flesh, nor the will of man. We can only be saved because God has been graceful enough to allow us salvation simply by believing in His Son, Jesus Christ. It continues, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as only the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, this is he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. From his fullness all have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at his Father's side has made him known. This last paragraph of this section reminds us that Jesus Christ was the word made manifest that same word that was back there in the beginning was now given skin and bones to walk among sinners who needed a savior such as you and i and this is just an introduction remember and there's much more to the gospel of jesus christ the book goes on to tell how he lived the perfect life How he suffered for our sins and nailed our sins to the cross. And he died so that we do not have to. But the key element that gives us hope as Christians is that he did not stay dead. Christ rose again so that we can rise with him. And he's not gone from us. God keeps his promises. Christ promised that he would send his helper the Holy Spirit to be with us and lead us and guide us in all truth and that truth is found in his word why because that word that book that you hold in your hands with those letter bindings is God and don't get me wrong the physical book is not to be worshiped like some Christians falsely believe and the words that have been translated in your language are not to be worshipped as they are translated. Those words are not some magic potion that has some enchantment. But if you read those words, you will find Christ. I was recently discussing where I had been and where I was now with one of my new pastors. And I'm sure for him it was a very strange and unusual conversation. You see, he viewed my past religion called the message of the hour as a religion that had a set of beliefs and teachings that they taught according to the Bible, and founded by a man who had a set of teachings that he followed, and with good reason, because that's the way that this message of the hour is promoted. The message of the hour is promoted as a non-denominational Christian church or set of churches. but nothing could be further from the truth. A denomination is a set of beliefs or standards that set you apart from another religious faith that's under the same umbrella. The message churches claim to be Christian, just as the Baptists claim to be Christian. But you won't find too many message folk frequenting a Baptist church because they have a different set of doctrines that they hold as valuable. Yet to answer my new pastor's question, where did I come from? This was way more difficult than I first realized, because no two message churches believe the same way. All place different doctrines one above another. All were organized with the same foundation, William Branham, but not a single message church can be found that believes the same way within another message church within the message of the hour. Many will not even fellowship with one another. So to answer this question, I couldn't look at the church. I had to examine the foundation. Unless I had been born and raised in the same church and had been there my entire life, that would have never made any sense anyway. And I had been to at least 15 different churches within the message of the hour, from South Carolina to Arizona. The latter part of my message life was spent in William Branham's home church of Jeffersonville, Indiana, the Branham Tabernacle, over 15 years. And both the church and the headquarters, Voice of God Recordings, promoted the theology that William Branham was the absolute voice of God for this day. They promoted the idea that he does make mistakes as a human, but when teaching the word, there's not a mistake to be found. And they promote those tapes as absolute truth. They call it the stored up food for this day and age. And in fact, there's a video online of Joseph Branham, Branham's own son, claiming that the message is his absolute, not the Bible. But in examining William Branham's teaching, we find that there are many things that do not line up exactly with the Bible. The first part of his ministry on recorded tape was at a time when he was the second half of the Baxter-Branham campaign, where Ern Baxter would preach and teach the the Word of God, while William Branham prayed for the sick and afflicted. Branham himself admitted not to be a teacher, not to even be a preacher, but simply one who prays for the sick while he was with Baxter. But there was a strange and unusual series of comments with regard to the Word of God, which the book of John says was God. The Word of God was God. Branham often made these statements, and he would say it in a joking manner. I still remember the laughter ringing each time this statement was made at the Branham Tabernacle. Even though each member of this congregation had heard that same exact tape many, many times before, the same people would laugh at the same jokes at the same time as if they were part of some stage act, and this light started flashing in the corner that said, Laugh. While Ern Baxter and William Branham were together, Branham would often admit that he had not studied his own Bible. Others, beside himself, were more qualified to teach, so he just simply prayed for the sick. That's what he said. One sermon was even using that title, Why Why I'm Praying for the Sick. Here are a few examples. Branham says this, I don't know the book, but I know the author real well. So many of them are more qualified to speak the word. It's 1951, Sermon Index 51-0503, as I was with Moses. He says again, I'd rather have the author anyhow, anytime. His books are fine, that's alright, but I'd rather know the author. Fifty-one, The Works That I Do Bear Witness of Me. I may not know too much about the Word. I don't know the book, but I know the author. 1951, The Angel of God. I don't know too much about the Word, the book. I just know the author real well. The one who wrote it, the Holy Spirit. 1952, I don't know too much about the Word, but I know the author real well. 1954, The End Time. This is up into 54. He says, well, as doctrine, I don't have very much about that. I don't know the book too well, but I know the author. It goes on and on and on. I mean, we could keep going with these statements where he tells us he doesn't know the word of God. And that was the real underlying problem. He didn't know the word. If he had just studied that one book in his Bible, The Gospel According to John, Branham would have known that God is the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Reading that one book may have inspired him just enough to read the rest of it before he started teaching. But unfortunately for him, and between 2 and 4 million people worldwide, That is not the case. The problem is that from headquarters, that multi-million dollar building that sends out the missionaries into other countries, these recorded sermons by a man who didn't know the book too well are promoted as the inspired word of God. They're promoting that this lines up with the Bible exactly and that to understand the Bible you must look through the lens of that teaching by a man who did not know the word of God. I remember watching several testimonies by William Branham's oldest son, Billy Paul, where he compared the message of the hour to the back sight of his rifle. He would often describe how his gun would never hit the target if you only use one of the sights. And he would hold the gun like this. He If you tried to get the kill with just the front sight, you'd miss every time. And if you tried to only use the back sight, you're going to be a million miles from your target. He would say that you must look through the back sight, which he called the teachings of his father. You must look through the back sight to see the front sight, which he called the Bible. And then he said, and then you'll hit the target every time. In other words, you must filter the Bible through the words of a man. And that man just happens to be my father who set up the money train. Folks, you can't do this. If you can't hit the target by reading your Bible, then you are not reading it. The Bible is the word of God. And remember, that same word was in the beginning with him, and it was him. It is because of this doctrine coming directly from headquarters at the Voice of God recordings that many churches do not take the words of the Bible over the words of William Branham. If he said it and it disagreed with the Bible, then their Bible must be wrong. Think about that. I had a man from South Africa arguing this very concept with me. According to his teaching from these false missionaries... The messenger for the hour comes with the message that he must follow. And the Bible was some book of some message for days gone by. There's a blog that I used to follow called Two Message Ministers. And both are still ministers. One even has a new church established with a paying congregation. This teaching has so greatly influenced that they promote William Branham as being sola scriptura, which is Latin for by scripture alone. Yet this entire concept, the entire thing is a direct argument with William Branham himself. He did not know the word, remember? As Christians, there are not two sites that have to line up. There is one word of God, and that word of God is the absolute truth that word can be found in your bibles that word is not separated from the author that word is the author to know the author you must know his word and if you think that you know the author without knowing the word then friends you know a different author wouldn't you like to know the real author wouldn't you like to know jesus christ the son of the living god who died for you on the cross so that you don't have to? Wouldn't you want to know the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who offered you salvation simply by believing that he is the Son of God? Wouldn't you like to know an author that would give the same love for a prostitute or a homosexual as human beings that are bound by sin and needing a savior? a God who loves even the lowest of sinners friends you can know him he's found in his word read it learn it know it and teach it spread the gospel of Jesus Christ like it's burning in your hands as fast as you can to as many people as you can seek the truth it's in the Bible